When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Hello and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, episode 143, The Growth. I serve as your humble and also gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you could be so kind and ensure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever there is podcasts to be listened to, we are there. Hit subscribe, write a review, and give your baby boy some five stars. Yes, you know I love to read the reviews. You know, I ain't seen one in a couple of weeks, so you know your baby boy, stay looking for him. What has everyone been up to? How has everyone been doing? I hope fine. I hope that you just, you know, if you're not doing fine, I hope that it gets better for you. Just know it's a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, listen, babe, bang. It reached 74 degrees in Philadelphia and ooh, listen, baby boy was so excited. I've been telling y'all when we spring forward in about a week. I'm treating it like it's the summer. I'm cutting my heat off. I'm having my windows open. So listen, if you see baby boy out in a swimming trunks and no shirt, mind your business. Just know that I'm in my season, okay? I'm not waiting no June to August to come. And then, you know, at, at August, we're like, oh my God, summer's so short. Nope. My summer started in March and it's going to end in October. And I am speaking it into existence that we are going to have a fruitful spring and summer and fall. Okay. So listen, if you like me, get with the program. Baby boy had a busy-esque weekend. I had to run up to New York with the baby boy, Wendeezy. We had to do a walkthrough because, you know, Bryce and Wim present 
The Premiere 42 is coming up this Wednesday and we have officially sold out. Like so, so, sold out. And we are so grateful for everyone that always supports us, bought a ticket, and listen, we will see you on Wednesday. Now, I was minding my business, scrolling through the Twitter, and I came across, well, first of all, you know how the, the Twitter is set up to your algorithms. You know, the stuff that you like. So, for me, a lot of my Twitter is survival. A lot of my Twitter is Little Kim. A lot of my Twitter is cooking because that's just the stuff that I, I like. And I came across this interview, a fairly recent interview within like the last two weeks of Remy Ma, the rapper. You know, I'm conceited. I got a reason. Oh, I look too good for my necklace. I look too, you know, Remy Ma. Love Remy Ma to death. You know, I love Little Kim. Now, back in the day when I was in college, Remy Ma and Little Kim were beefing. Yes, okay. They was putting out mixtapes. Little Kim put out the mixtape, The Goat. Um, Remy Ma put out a mixtape, Jesus Christ, and a couple of other ones where they were going at each other. And I like definitely did not like it. I was like, no, I love Remy Ma. Love little Kim. Why they got a beef? Anyway, fast forward years later, uh, after Remy got out of jail, Remy and Kim have made up. Both Remy and Kim both have went to jail. So they, they might have had a lot of in common, but they put their differences aside. And so there was this interview with Mano and Remy Ma. Now, some of you might not be familiar with Mano. He is a New York rapper. And back in the day, he used to date little Kim. During the interview, Mano asked Remy Ma about her relationship with little Kim. And Remy Ma was like, Little Kim is such a big sister. I love her to death. We did a record together. It was so fun. You know, all of the good, woo, 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 good stuff. And Mano was like, that's so good to hear because I remember a time when it wasn't like that. And so Remy Ma kind of sort of like, you know, danced around the question because, you know, she ain't want to talk bad about Kim. But But what she did say, and that was something that kind of resonated with me, was that... They did beef and about something that she can't even honestly remember. And she said, looking back on that beef that I had with Kim, the me that is today would not even be bothered with what bothered me back then. And she couldn't. She was like, the beef was so petty. I can't even tell you what I was even mad about, what was even like, what even transpired, you know, I just in my, my history, in my memory, I just know that we had a beef. And, and for me, what resonated so much in that conversation that Remy Ma was having, I did tweet it. So if y'all want to listen to it, y'all go back. I did tweet it on like Sunday or something, but what resonated with me the most in that conversation was Remy just saying the, the person that I am today, looking back on past misunderstandings past quote-unquote beefs the me that I am today I wouldn't even bother with that the me that I am today wouldn't even get upset about something like that and I just took back for a second and I was like wow that is growth and it just got me to thinking that that reminds me so much of me like younger Bryce would get upset at different things that maybe my friends would do or maybe something that I would see on the internet just because of a number of different reasons. 
me being insecure, me not knowing my worth, me not being able to trust that someone would have my back for whatever reason. But I would get bothered by things. And I look at the Bryce that is today on that road to a better Bryce. And I'm like, you know what? Some of the stuff that I was even mad about can't even remember or I wouldn't even be bothered by it. And it's like, the growth for sure and we don't acknowledge it a lot of the times we don't take the time to pat ourselves on the back to be like you are evolving you are growing you are becoming the person that you want to become and it is the thought of becoming that better person that motivates me now I don't know if I'm ever going to get to that perfect person but what I do know is that when I look back a couple of months years I'm not that person that I was. I don't allow myself to get angry. I give myself and others grace. And so that was on my heart. And which is why I titled this podcast, The Growth, because there are growth inside of each and every one of us, whether it is on a job, whether it is with your partner, whether it is with your friends, whether it is with your plants, you know, there is growth. And I think that we need to acknowledge it. We need to take a second So if you listen to this podcast, I want you to pause it right now. Come on, pause me and think about something in your life in which that you were not that person or that that something that bothered you, that that whatever it was. A year ago, a child, it could be two days ago. And the person that you are today It don't bother you. Just pause me and take a second to acknowledge that and to give yourself a pat on the back. We are so hard on ourselves about so many things. We've got so much pressure from the outside world, from social media, from people that we see that like we put ourselves to such this high standard and we don't give ourselves grace. We don't acknowledge the little things that the strides that we are making, the growth that has progressed. So I just want you to take your second and congratulate yourself you is not the person you was yesterday you're not the person you were a month ago and that's a good thing I oftentimes struggle because I am a person that I like to think all of my friends are for a lifetime and I realize the older I get you know sometimes a friend will fall off and hurts your baby boy because it's like you know if you my friend you know y'all ask me what type of friend am I and I say I'm ashtray that's the type of friend I'm I'm loyal I ride and so when a friendship does not stand the test of time it hurts your baby boy but I think of the name of this podcast the growth and I understand that I might be growing in a direction that my friend may not be going in or their growth may be leading them to another area and we're just not in sync and so I think that it's important to honor the time that we had together and you know wish them well and and who knows we might come back again but I can't let that bring my spirit down I have to be fully invested and fully committed to myself and my growth and my journey and I have to be selfish and that's okay And I can't let that get myself down. And you should not let that get yourself down. If you feel like you have grown out of a situation, you might have grown out of a marriage, grown out of a relationship, grown out of a job, grown out of a house. 
And yes, we can keep those memories. Yes, that's the foundation that has built us. But know that where we are headed, the growth that is within us, the progress that we have made, it don't fit us in this house no more. And so we need to look for a house that suits us now. And so that was just like, you know, random how I got all of that from watching this interview of Remy Ma talking about Little Kim. But it really resonated with me. And I just wanted to take the time to shout out the posse for all of the growth that you are making, all of the growth that I am making. And listen, we're going to celebrate that and we're going to continue to push ourselves to grow. I am growing and excited for this week's episode. You know, I got the church announcements. My boo boo, Brookie, Brooke Kamhai, the winner of Amazing Race Season 9 is here breaking down the final episodes of The Amazing Race Season 33. March is here. So we have our March premonitions with the gangster that is Gurry. Miss Barb is back for another installment of Barb's message. And we've got the freak of the week. So listen, you've been watering your plants and that pot and the roots might be to the wall. And guess what? The growth, it's time to put us in a new pot. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganello, all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Now let's get into these church announcements. On the church announcements, I just want to echo myself and saying thank you for everyone that has supported the Bryce and Win present the premiere 42. We have sold out and I am so excited to see everybody this Wednesday for the start of Survivor 42. You know, your baby boys will be back this week, breaking down the first episode and listen. You know, I ain't want to gossip, but you ain't hear this from me yet. But listen, I know the tickets for the New York premiere so out, but don't tell nobody. But April 6th, Bryson Wynn present. We are headed to Washington, D.C. Okay, so click the link in my Instagram bio or head over to the Bryce and Wynn present Instagram page and listen, get your ticket. D.C., you are up next. It's a man who is a menu. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who is a menu. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. And we are back this week. Sad of the coverage of The Amazing Race Season 33. It has been such a ride here over on the Purple Pants Podcast to have the winner of Amazing Race Season 29, Brooke Kamhai, here with us covering it. Brookie Poo, how you doing? I'm, I'm good. I have mixed feelings because I'm sad that it's over. But, you know, I'm happy that it happened. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yes, it's a lot to get through. A rather emotional episode. Yeah. Um, I felt that like I was 
rooting for people that I might not have normally been rooting for. I was crying and I was definitely screaming at who I've been screaming at (laughs) the whole season. (laughs) Let me guess. Um, Okay, so for anyone who has not been listening... Shame, but also the amazing race ended this past Wednesday. So we had two episodes. We had the final four and then we had the real finale. So one of my favorite things about the show is right before the finale, Phil gives a recap of the season. So we talk about how 11 teams started, two got eliminated, nine were left, and the race shut down. Seven come back 19 months later. And some for the better, having made very good use of their time, and some not taking advantage of this training period at all. Which, okay. Taking, taking advantages of non-eliminations. Well, in all fairness, that what Arun and Natalia didn't know they were coming back until about a couple weeks before they came back, as opposed uh, to knowing they had a 19-month break because they thought they were out. They didn't know, and when they knew, they should have read some maps. Anyway, it was a race like no other with a private plane and a mostly European race course. But in the end, it was a great season because any season is better than no season. At all. Agreed. Yes. So after last week's non-elimination, we have four teams left. We have Kim and Penn, the most consistent, and I believe both of our winner picks yes. for the second episode. We ha- Yes. We have Ryan and Dusty, who I love, even even Dusty's overly emotional outbursts, because I'm realizing he's a lot more, I'm a lot more like him than, than I was letting on. He leads with his heart and sometimes his mouth, which I know you don't love, but... <laughs> I I appreciate the raw emotion. We have Raquel and Kayla, who kept it positive, and one of them a little too positive for me, I think. (laughs) But I'm a woman who supports women, so I'd be happy with their win, so let's see what happens. And finally, Aruna Natalia, who somehow fell face forward into the finale, but they're here, and they're great, and I love a father-daughter team. So no negatives about anybody. We're happy to see whoever crosses the finish line first. Agreed. I think. So anyway, they start in Thessaloniki, Greece, and they're going to Lisbon. They're going to a new country in Portugal, which I like, um, where they start the final life. I was was excited. I was like, yes, I've been to Lisbon. Lisbon. I've been there. I've been. So I was like, yes. But I ain't seen none of the stuff that they saw. (laughs) Isn't it fun when they go to to a country that you've been to and you're like... I've seen some of these sites or I've been there. I find that very exciting. Yes. I was looking on the TV and going through my phone, like trying to compare pictures and pausing, which is why it took me so long to watch this episode. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no. No worries. Thanks. So they get to Lisbon and they have to drive to this Fort St. Philippe, climb to the top and spot their next clue, which is a flag on the coastline below. And then they have to get in their cars and figure out how to drive to that flag on the coastline below. So there are two things, Bryce, this leg that annoyed me. This is the first. The clue said at the very beginning that there will be two roadblocks in this leg. So choose wisely. I don't like that. They shouldn't be given warning that there's two roadblocks. We had two roadblocks in our ele- our second to last leg, which was 11 for us, and we weren't given warning. You know, I don't, mm-mm, mm-mm, I don't like the heads up. Yeah, I, I guess that like could. Uh... I guess that could prepare you if you think that you finished this one roadblock and you're going to the thing and then you got another one. Like I can see, I can see where you're coming from to make it a little bit more difficult. I mean, I just feel like you shouldn't be given notice like that. 
I, I don't know. Anyway, the other thing that bugged me happened at the end, so we won't talk about it right now. But Raquel and Kayla leave first. They get lost, which is not common for them. And they almost drag down a flight of stairs in some alleyway, but they figure it out and they get back on track. Um, I would have took my chance if they went down. Same, same, same. This same. ain't my car. Right. This ain't my car. Do you have any idea how many people who've been on the race have been like, look, the show has insurance. Like, I'm, who can? Transmissions are probably messed up from people not knowing how to drive stick shift. People have probably ruined vehicles just I'm driving sure. recklessly. I, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that the cameraman who was in that car with them was probably like, mm-mm, mm-mm, you're not driving down <laughs> Don't the try to understand. Y- y'all might be insured, but I'm not. This right. is my part-time job. Anyway, so Kim and Penn go next. They don't even try to get directions. They're like, should we wing it? We're going to wing it. And they winged it, and they're amazing. Uh, Natalie and Arun, they just want to run every leg of the race. Or Natalia, sorry. And Arun, they just want to run every leg of the race because they're super fans. And I started to feel badly for poking a little bit of fun at them for getting lost so much. But then the show comes back from commercial and it shows them lost. So I stopped feeling badly. So I got over that real fast. And finally, leaving in last place, which I don't think has ever happened before by themselves, you have Ryan and Dusty who... Find find where they're going, no problem, and catch up with Raquel and Kayla. And they pass Arun and Natalia. Surprise, surprise. So everyone's at the fort. Kim and Penn get there first. Penn finds the flag almost immediately. Even though he says he's colorblind, he finds the red and yellow flag. Um, Raquel and Kayla get there next. Dusty and Ryan catch up, and they find it together. And then Arun and Natalia meander in, and Arun finds it sort of quickly as well. And so everyone's running down the stairs of the fort, running to their car, driving down the water to get to this flag. Rusty, Ryan, and Dusty go the wrong way, and they get backed up for a second. And Arun and Natalia, clutch your pearls, miraculously go the right way and are now in third place. And we get to the first roadblock. And we know there are going to be two. So anyway, the first one says, who wants to go exploring? And what you have to do is you have to find a boat with the name of a Portuguese explorer on it, not just a famous person, and row that boat across the little bay area to go and get your clue. Now, I only knew one of these explorers. So I I feel like unless I got in the Vasco da Gama boat, I would have been winging it. Child, I didn't even know the soccer player. I would have, I might have gotten the soccer player boat because I didn't even know. Like I was like, oh god. <laughs> oh, look him up, Bryce. He's handsome. Yeah, I, I mean, they showed a little photo of him. I said, okay, you know, but I'm into my NBA players right now, so you that's know. fair. You know, to each his own. So Kim gets in the boat. Kim decides she's gonna row, which good for her because she's tiny. And good for you, Kim. She takes a guess. She gets it right on the first try. Raquel. I'm going to be, I'm hard on Raquel. Claims she knew who Bartholomew Diaz was. She was right. And then she comes off. She's like, I knew it 100%. Okay, you know what? Good for you. Maybe you did know it 100%. I'll shut up. Ryan does it wrong the first time, but he rose so damn quickly that he does two laps in the time that it takes a rune to do his first lap. Ciao. Oh, a rune. A rune. A rune. Yeah. Baby. <laughs> I mean, okay, like, I, I mean, <sighs> rowing a boat is not hard. I mean, I get it, you know. I mean, maybe I was just, I lived an active life. Shout out to my stepdad, Mr. Jim. We went canoeing, we went rowing. So it's like, 
I just, for me, and I'm going to be hard on a room, even though I love them. Is that like I get it You get in the boat You don't know what you're doing You don't know Which way is front Which way is back uh, But honestly I feel like it doesn't really matter I mean It don't really matter though Because if you row it The boat won't go The direction that you're rowing But my thing is It's like Okay I, I understand That you might Not understand How it works Like you know Like okay What am I doing But like it's only it should only take you but a couple of tries to figure out how to row the boat. Like you know what I mean? Like it's not like that difficult in the sense of like steering, okay, I I I will be more lenient on steering, but like actually like the like come on a room and sh- like cool uh Natalia was so like nice when like you know you know like oh my dad you know he's, he's like come on dad like but you no, I, yeah. I would have been cussing out I would have been on that side like this is a million dollars. Yeah, I actually think this leg is the most stressful leg every season, the one right before the finale, because you're, especially as a super fan, they get so close, and to be so close and to miss out on crossing the finish line is just, it's heartbreaking, I think. And you know what? Just a side note, season 29 in leg 10, we, not we, one team member had to row the same kind of boat with their feet only. So shout out to everyone on season 29 who did the rowing with your feet. Because that, that is difficult. Yeah. It wasn't me. I tried it for a hot second. I was a mess. So anyway, Arun gets it wrong on the first try. But you know what? He he stayed, He doesn't get angry. He comes back. He's like, oh, Vasco da Gama. I need that one. He's the explorer who came to India. And then Ryan steals that boat, which good for Ryan. Get in the boat and do what you got to do. He's the only one that I think everybody knew. Oh, except for Raquel, who knew Bartholomew Diaz. Okay. Um, so the teams are off. Everybody gets out of there. Kim and Penn take off first. Ra- Raquel and Kayla take off second. Ryan and Dusty, Arun and Natalia. They're all off. And the next thing they have to do is they go to this sardine store and they have to choose. These sardine cans are gorgeous. Now, I, I actually don't mind sardines. I would have been fine to eat them. But they have to choose a can. And in this little village area or on this alleyway, all the doors have the outline of what's painted on the can. And they have to paint the doors to match the can. I hope that made sense. So they have to paint the design on the local door. Kim and Penn pick first. They, I think, pick a can with a mermaid on it that I do not think is the easiest one. I think that they should have taken an extra second and picked the one that Raquel and Kayla pick, which I, looks significantly I, I think, easier. Uh, but I think Arun and Natalia had a really easy one, though. They did. They did. And the, I think the hardest one was the one that Ryan and Dusty Ryan and Dusty got <laughs> had a lot of detail and there was one thing about that one that I checked the other ones that I didn't see that any of the other teams had to do. Girl, you took the notes out of my book. I'm like, no other team painted the doorknob and the paint was over it. So like, now mind you for Natalia in a room, I, cause I understand why they was like, y'all don't even need to paint the doorknob, just go. But, I don't know that the other designs had the doorknob in a paint color. So no, they they how, how could it not? The, the door I was think the that, whole- like on on Rusty Rusty. Jeez, I'll get it right eventually. Ryan and Dusty's the doorknob in the middle was part of the black design. I think, for example, on Kim and Penn's, the doorknob was not part of an area of the design of the can that was painted. So I think they didn't have to paint their doorknob because it wasn't part of the design. 
Okay. Okay. But Maybe I'm not, I'll take that. I think that's right, but I'm not 100% sure. But I really do think that, like, on Kayla and Raquel's, there was no paint in the area of where the doorknob was because it wasn't part of their design, as opposed to Ryan and Dusty, whose it was black right over where the doorknob was, and they had to paint it. Which they didn't realize for 10 tries. Yeah, I, uh, it was painful. Very painful. But see, my only comeback to that is if you paint in a sardine can, the sardine can is the whole door. Mm-hmm. So color would have had to lie within all of the doorknobs because the right. doorknob is like right there. But okay. I, I do get what you're saying is that like it might not have been in the drawn out it might have area. been like the background color yeah like you know I get that like you know because they had the little drawn out areas where the color supposed to be so I think that maybe theirs was within the outline yeah. to be colored in but I am curious if I ever if I ever get the chance to meet Ryan or Dusty uh, I need to ask them how they feel about the doorknobs I think you'll get the chance oh, <laughs> oh. Um, so anyway Raquel and Kayla who chose what I think is the easiest one um, they only have to get two checks before they're out of there so they jump over Kim and Penn who get out of there in three checks but again, theirs was way harder. And then you have Ryan and Dusty and Arun and Natalia. Arun and Natalia who are coming on fast with a significantly easier design. And they seem to be catching up nicely because Ryan and Dusty keep asking for checks. And they're doing all these tiny little details. And the poor woman who's doing the checks is like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I, no. mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. And you got to know, when she says sorry right away, sorry, when she says sorry right away, like, it she's not looking like at a detail. Thing. It has to be a big glaring thing. Yeah. I was sorry, what were you to, saying? No, I was just saying, at least they got a sorry this time. And it wasn't like the girl that was giving the sandwiches in, in Greece who was just no. like, hmm? <laughs> so then they get, um, so Raquel and Kayla, Kim and Penn are out of there. And they have to drive to this old church for the second roadblock. On the way there, Raquel and Kayla lose their map. Honestly, you don't really need a map. There are enough people around, especially in Lisbon. You're not in like a very, very isolated country to right. ask for directions, and you're in a world of smartphones. So I don't think it was the biggest deal on the leg before the finale when you know you're only here for one leg to not have your map. But they stop by a gas station. They go and get a new map. They're back on track, and they go to the second roadblock. While that's happening... Um, Ryan and Dusty finally realize they need to paint their doorknob, and they do, and they're out of there. And Arun and Natalia are picking up speed, and they don't seem that far behind, and shout out to them, they get it on the very first try, only soon to do it on first try. They killed it. They killed it. So now the second roadblock at this church looks very difficult to me. Mm. What they have to do, it just says who has to do this roadblock, which I kind of thought was hilarious. There's no, because normally you have to choose, which would be better with some like cryptic clue. But this was no choice because you already knew that somebody else had done the other one. So who has to do this roadblock? So they have to count the 106 columns of the, um, in the church's courtyard while standing in a, like a pre-drawn box of stones on the ground very, very far away from some of the columns. So this looks difficult to me yeah. anyway. Very. So Penn starts first. Um, and so what you have to do is you count the columns and you have about a quarter mile jog to this monk probably air quotes, but maybe not, standing a quarter of a mile away. Uh, and, you have to, 
and you have to tell him how many columns there are. If you get it right, he'll point you to the pit stop. If you get it wrong, run back, try again. So Penn is there. He has to run eight times to the monk. He has eight tries before he gets it right. Now, tell me what you think. It looked like fairly symmetrical. My idea would be count one half or the front half of both sides, which are easier to see, and then just double it and take your shots with a guess. Yeah, I mean, I see that. But I see, I this would not have been my challenge because sometimes I think I'm dyslexic. So, I, child, I would have been counting. I would have been like, I would have just been adding columns. Like, I was like, oh, I was really feeling uh, Penn's pain. But I have a question yeah. when we mm-hmm. get to after he gets it. Okay, so the next one there, Kayla has to do it. She does it, no problem, one yes. try. And Penn and Kayla are running to the monk at the same time, and here's my question. Okay, and girl, it's probably the same question. Why on earth did Penn not listen to Kayla's answer? So, okay, now, now here is I my question. I don't know if he wasn't allowed. Now, that, that... But they go- helped them so much. Help but, him and Penn out. You're not going to lose to them. They're going right. to make it to the end anyway. Help them out. I... Cause I'm like he he would have had to hear the number that she said and like why would he say the same number? Now the only thing that I could think of is that they must have had to tell production before they got to him. Does that make sense? So like if you are like say me and you are neck and neck, we get mm-hmm. to our production person and the production person is like, what's your number? And then X Pen, what's his number? So that like he can't change his number. Would they or do something he just like said that? It very so- or it was just much more softly than than we thought. He was he was no, he was right there. He he was, he was right there. And I think I was that pinned, she should have helped him. Uh, you, no, I'm not. I no, no. At this leg, at this right. close. Well, they made I mean, it I guess- to France because he speaks French. They stood by and listened while he got directions. They they followed Kim and Penn everywhere they were going on more than one leg of the race. Now I'm not saying followed because everyone's going to the same place, but they got so much help from Penn's ability to speak French and from their directions. And then they didn't help them out previously by like giving them a little honk when they were turning into a parking lot. I feel like this was a situation. I get what you're saying it's at the end nobody wants to help anybody but the other two teams were so far behind no, that there wouldn't have been any harm that's that's where you get me now mind you i'm okay. saying no because i ain't helping you because we just close but it is only us two and it's the final episode so it's like we're both going to get there right so I, that that's the key point but to my point Penn should have helped himself i would have been ear hustling so, so hard mm-hmm Agree. So hard. I feel like, I don't know. When we, so we had a task in um, Milan where everyone was on like a train car and then you had to give an answer to the person off the car and they made one person walk over at a time, but they had to stand about 10 feet apart so you couldn't really hear what the person in front of you was saying. I'm wondering if Penn was further away than we think or if he was told, you know, you can't, you listen to what she has to say, but honestly, I would have tried my hardest. Okay, <laughs> and just my sort ears of, would have been exactly. so long. Same, same, same. But anyway, this is the time Raquel and Kayla um, get to the pit stop first because they're out of there. They go to this lighthouse, which is the pit stop, and this is the other thing that annoys me. In recent years, for the leg before the finale, there has not been a prize. How do I know? Because we did not win a prize for the second to last leg. It was the first time we came in first place, and our prize 
was getting to run the final leg. Oh. Which, fine, that's all I wanted to do anyway. But they got a prize. They're going to St. Lucia, which is next on my list of where we're going. But I want that prize. Now, I'm just be, I'm being obnoxious, and I apologize. They deserve their prize. Everyone should get a prize. Every leg. That's how I feel. But I was surprised that there was actually a trip given the second to last leg. But good for you, girls. I hope you enjoy St. Lucia. Maybe we'll see you there. So they finished first. Kim and Penn finished second. Phil says my favorite part, you're one of the three teams that will be racing for a million dollars. I get very excited that I'm about to watch the final leg. And while all of that is happening, Ryan and Dusty get to the church. And Dusty is talking about how his vision is not that great. but he And he has to do it in three tries. And when he finally does it, he's very excited. Which at this point, it's not really bothering me. It, I'm sort of okay with it. And then Natalia gets there again. First uh. try. Killed you know, it. it's not for trying with them. They did so well with what they had to do, with the exception of the rowing of the boat. The other two, the other couple of things that they had to do, they nailed it. And yeah. they get their last, and I shed a little tear, you know, proverbially, not literally, for them, because they had heart. They had a lot of heart. They got to run almost the entire race, father and daughter, and that that just, you know, warms me inside. So happy that they came so far. I feel that the right three teams probably made it to the end. And Agreed. Yeah. And how do you feel about the fact that they made it to one leg shy of the end? Um, I think that they should be proud. I think that yeah. I think that they should just be proud. Uh, I do think that the opportunity was there for them. If I don't know, like I, I maybe if they had more time, because I, I do feel like. The only part that they like, they didn't really struggle physically that much. Like, I really felt like Arun held his own. I felt like Natalie, uh, Natalia held her own. It was really like the directional piece uh, that really held them up. I think that had Arun gotten in the Vasco da Gama boat to start, it would have been significantly closer. And I do think probably Ryan and Desi would have outrun them in the end. But the fact that they did everything else on the first try would have led to. I'm guessing it was pretty close to a, a, maybe a foot race to the end, and that was the only thing that I think would have made Wednesday night more exciting because this second leg was fan flipping fantastic. Yes, yes, loved it. Yes, it had lead changes, it had exciting moments, it had an actual close finish. Yes, I do know how close it was, and I will tell you when we get there oh. because I got a little bit of insult information. Um, oh. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you, and shout out to the person who gave me the inside information. So all of the teams start together, which I love because that's how it that's how it goes. Usually for the last leg, you're all on the same flight, and when you get to the airport, you're running out of the airport and you're doing your best to find yourself usually a taxi to go wherever you need to go. So this is a, this is great because they all start together on the top of a building back in L.A. So I'm excited to see. I was excited to see how it would work in Los Angeles because they were still filming during COVID and how, you know, if there would be a lot of people out, if there would be people to help them, if it would be crowded on the streets. So... Yeah, so they get to Los Angeles. And so here's the one thing that I don't think was good for them. We checked our bags. I knew going in that if we get to the final leg of the race, I'm not carrying a backpack with me because I need every advantage that I can get. So I was never going to run the last leg of the race with a backpack. So at the gate, we checked our bags, and we were the only team in our final leg that didn't have our backpacks. We only had our little fanny packs. So any real race fan, I think, will tell her, like, former racer who 
you know, worth your salt. We'll tell you, check your bag. They couldn't do that here because they were on a charter flight. So everybody had to run the race with their final, with their backpack for the final leg. It's, you know, but none of them seem to really have a problem carrying their bags. They're not weaklings like I am. So it was what it was. Yeah. So they started at the top of this hotel in L.A. with these four towers. Phil tells them there are three clue boxes, one on each of the towers, and they are locked. And they have to solve a riddle to get a code to unlock each clue box. And the riddle would spot the combination going up and down. That's all they were told. Yeah, that that might have uh, psyched me out a little bit uh, because I would have been like uh, Kim running up and down the steps. Like, look at the I whole thing. That's not a bad guess. Yeah. Thinking it's like in the stair, like in the corridors. Right. And I think that that's that's probably where most people would have gone. It's probably where I would have gone. But it's and but. I would have taken a second and looked out. And Ryan and Dusty did take some time to look over the edge. They just didn't take... So, spoiler alert, the clue was on the outside of the elevators running up and down the building because they had these um, outside glass elevators going up and down the outside of the building. And there was a a clue on the outside of the... The the digits on the outside of the elevator to unlock the lockboxes. So, Kim and Penn run up and down the stairs. But then Kim realizes it's on the elevator. And so, they run back outside. They get the clue. Raquel and Kayla find it so fast. I think Kayla probably realized it was the elevator, like... Very, very yeah, quickly. I don't even think they get the first, stairs. Right? Yeah, they got it first. Kim and Penn get it almost right after. And poor Rusty and... Ugh, <laughs> rot, I can't. I, I don't understand. Dusty and Ryan are so confused. And they actually get in an elevator. Elevator. Thinking that goes up dying. and down. <laughs> and I'm hopeful they can see it from the inside of the elevator. Thinking, can they see, like, it's a glass elevator. Can they see the clue? But no such luck. They go up. They go down. They go all over the place. And at this point, it's a two-team race. Because... Ryan and Dusty have sort of fallen out of it. Um, I'm told that at one point they were about an hour behind. Oh, oh. Yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that probably made the difference uh, for Dusty and Ryan. Spoiler alert, it wasn't Dusty and Ryan that won. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But... I just say, like, so, mind you, this synopsis just leads (laughs) me to, like, my train of thought of that one of the things that I am admiring and loving a lot about The Amazing Race is that it's a team effort and I love the fact that like you know where you may be weak the other person may be strong Um, Mm -hmm. and I love the fact that like you know like we were talking of Arun and Natalia that The Amazing Race is really anybody's race and I think that Ryan and Dusty really were the spearheaders in the beginning of the episode because it was a lot of like physical and like you know but I think that towards the end of the race it kind of switched to some physical but more attention based more critical thinking more like it's right in front of your face but can you see it and I think that that's where they might have well not not might have that's where they were lacking and that's where I love um, Amazing Race and it reminds me a lot of Survivor where it's not just like Survivor isn't a physical game it's a social game it's uh, Mm -hmm. like how you manage relationships and so I just um, I enjoy 
felt bad for them seeing them fall out the race and like going up and down the escalator. I'm like, oh God, they're really falling out of it. But like for me, it was just like, you know, it's really anybody's race. Okay. It really is. No, it's true. I mean, on our season, the first five like pit stops were all up a ton of stairs. Now also number 10 was up like a mountain with like stone stairs in a mountain. But when we got to like six and seven, we got to Italy. We got, you know, when we were going through Europe and Greece, Scott and I started doing a lot better because it was not that it wasn't physical because there were physical challenges, but it was much more artistic attention to detail, dexterity challenges, stuff that would play to my strengths a whole lot more. So while you need to be somewhat physical, I mean, I, I talk about like, I'm like, I have the strength of a wet noodle. So like you need to be somewhat physical. There are, you know, it is really, it does test a whole range of, of abilities. And that's why I love the amazing race too, because it's not always about being the strongest. It's not always about being the fastest. It's about, sometimes it's just about being, you know, as smart as you can be. And, right. or and attentive or being present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why they say, read your clue. It's, one of okay. the biggest mistakes people make people fall out because they don't read their clue. So we move on. They have to go to this El Pueblo National Monument, which is this very cool looking park area. Like, yeah, where they have a ton of what do they call it? Pinatas hanging from strings. Right. Kim and Penn are the first ones to get there, even though they didn't leave the last challenge first, which is great because I really like them. So Penn has to put on a like a. What do they call them? Like a Nacho Libre mask. Like one of those Mexican wrestling masks or something. I don't know if that's the correct PC term. If it's not, I apologize. But that's what I think of. And so he's blindfolded. And Kim has to give directions of these three piñatas that Penn has to hit. Because within each piñata is a portion of the next clue. So... They have to hit one that's shaped like a taco, one that's shaped like a tiny little donkey, and one that's a paper star. So... Each part, each one of those has a different piece of the clue. So Raquel and Kayla get there next, um, and they they nail it. The interesting difference is that whenever Penn gets a clue, Kim has him put it in his pocket. And whenever Raquel gets a clue, Kayla has her leave it on the ground and go pick them all up at the end. So I guess Raquel and Kayla's plan works better because they get out of there first because Kim can't find the tiny little donkey. Penn has broken. I'm going to say a thousand. I mean, it's a ton of piñatas. It looks like the Tasmanian devil came, you know, twirling through there and caused a lot of destruction. Yes, I was cracking up when Penn took his hat, uh, the mask off. He was like, did I do all of this? Did I do yes. that? Right. So, so Raquel and Kayla get out of there first, and they have to go to 6465 Sunset Boulevard to this place called SIR, which is, I think is so cool. I did not know that what they had to do next was even a job in Hollywood, but oh it's very God. cool. So, did you know about this? I Foley did. Artists? I did not know about this, and I think it's very cool, and I think they're like unsung heroes of Hollywood. I think this is a very cool job. So what they have to do, Raquel and Kayla gets the next task first, and they have to become Foley artists. And for anyone that doesn't know, because I did not know, it's basically adding sound effects to video clips with basic like household items or items that that sound like what the sound effect should sound like in the clip is that like a fair way to say it yes how did you know about this this is very well because i I feel like in high school uh i took a cinema class and uh we learned about this uh you know 
in the early 70s and 50s, like with television and how, you know, television used to have no sound at first. And then before it had sound, before it actually like you could hear what they were saying, they they had sound like this. And so that's how I like was my very brief introduction into this field. So it's been around. Okay, your high school is cooler than mine. I did not get to take any cool classes like that. In high school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, so, and, to, we, and our final project, sorry to cut you off, was yeah. something like this. Like, so again, this is why I love Amazing oh, Race. So because, like, I, like, I would have, well, my, <laughs> I wasn't that good. How'd you do on the final project? <laughs> well, mind you, my partner did uh, a great job because I, uh, I happened to just film it and then they recorded the sound. But, like, we had to use, like, sand and rocks and glass uh, for our film. But, you know, I just love the fact that I was like, oh my God! I did this before Like you know If I was on a rate Like I would be like I did this broke I know, We would Like you know But that's It's funny Because um, when we were In South Korea The second to last Like that we had There was this Cup stacking challenge And not a year before At like a family Like one of our Family dinners Like Passover Or something My cousin Who was young at the time Was like Look what I can do And did this cup stacking thing So I actually tried it before And I was like Oh my god My cousin Daisy Like taught us to do this I mean It still took a little bit of time But we finished first Because I had a little bit of practice So you knew about Foley art And so Maybe You would have been The first team out And not needed to try it Eight times Poor Raquel and Kayla Had to do it eight times And even though They got there first And Kim and Penn Got there second Penn was talking about how a lot of his job is editing. So they knew about Foley. Kim follows some Foley artists on TikTok. And it's it's a part of their daily life because they make videos for YouTube. And while they still had to try it six times, that really made the difference because Kim and Penn and Raquel and Kayla walk out of the SIR studios at the exact same time. Right. And mm-hmm. this is Absolutely, where Raquel was like, we sh- now did she say we should have told that guy not to give them directions, or yep. we should have? T- oh yeah, and I ain't mad. I and listen now, as critical as I have been of Raquel and N- Natalie, Kayla. Kayla. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. I keep calling them Rusty, so it's fine. As critical as I've been of Raquel and Kayla this whole season, at this point. Baby, I didn't jump ship. Now, don't. I'm still team Kim and Penn. But at this point, when, like, they killed that challenge and got out of there and got directions and was like, I was like, oh, my God. I, I, I was... I was in my Tyra Banks voice. I was rooting for you. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And then when the guy kind of sort of hesitated given... Uh, Kim and Penn directions and then he just started giving them verbal directions. I'm like, oh my god, is this guy giving them the wrong directions? Well, so what I think I would have, first of all, Raquel and Kayla, a thousand percent, I would have told, I don't think I would have said don't help them. As soon as he gave me the direction, I would have said run. Can you turn your phone off? Like, even if he turned his phone off, because then you have to wait for your phone to, like, you know how iPhones are, where it takes, like, even 30 seconds to turn back on. Every 30 seconds at this point counts. You know you're at the end. Like, even if it's, like, don't help them, and you don't want to be an asshole because they're standing right there, and although I probably would have said don't help them, I think Raquel should have spoken up. I mean, like, thanks so much. Like, this is a race. Please, they have to, or tell him, you know, they have to find somebody else. We need to go. They can't ask you. You know what I mean? Like, lie. I don't care. At this point, just lie. So... I wish Raquel and Kayla had been a little bit more adamant to tell the guy not to help or turn off his phone or something because 
all bets are off at this point. You know, while this yeah. is happening, Rusty, because that's what I'm just, I give up, um, <laughs> is getting their pinata clues, but it is probably too little, too late at this point, because while I understand, from my understanding, they did make up a lot of that hour, I think they're just far enough behind that it's make not going to Make up the hour where at the pinata? Yeah. Shadowing. And at the Foley art, because it took them six tries as well instead of eight. So they did they did pick up some time. It ain't enough hours. It's not enough. It ain't enough minutes in the sack. Yeah. So Kim and Penn and Raquel and Kayla finish at the exact same time. This guy gives oral directions to one, gives verbal directions to one, and shows the map to the other. And they're basically (laughs) tied for first place. I am. Hey, Brooke. What? This is my. This is the amazing racer in me. What's the difference between uh, oral and nothing? Verbal I just thought oral said, was weird to say out loud, and now you've drawn attention to it. So thanks for thanks for that. There's absolutely well, no difference. Listen, I, I'm giving oral directions out over here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. I deserve to be called out. Sometimes I say stupid things. So he shows the phone to one team and he tells the other team where to go. And I am excited. It has been a while since the finale of The Amazing Race. That last task is that close. Last a race, season, race. Yeah. Last season, Will and James finished the last task before other teams showed up. We finished our last task before other teams showed up. Like, it... Or, yeah, and so it is, this is exciting for me, and there is a tie. So Raquel and Kayla get to this Galaxy Stadium, which is the last place they have to go for the final memory challenge. I love a final memory challenge. Yes. I do think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I do think all of the the riddles on the wall were from when the race restarted forward. I don't think they pulled anything from the first three legs. Yeah, I didn't see anything on there from, like, no, the street art. Not, right. I was looking for the Queen of England. I, yeah. Like, you know, I was looking. No, I did not see any of that. You are correct. Boom. So, on that, I was not correct when I was differentiating between oral and verbal. So, there are 12 riddles on the wall, and they have to put answer pictures to answer the riddle on top of the riddle. So, But there are multiple answers for each for each question. Like, one of the riddles has to do with the candy that fell out of the piñatas, and there's more than one option. One of the riddles has to do with, this one I thought was probably the hardest, the little, uh, the Napoleon man who was standing on top of a wall pointing them in the direction of one of their pit stops, which they saw, they saw him for maybe 10 seconds, and they had two options of Napoleon men, one with a hat that was just slightly bigger than the other. Like, that's Difficult, And the hardest one was about the coin that they had to flip over the rocks. And there were the four coins um, just last leg, was it? Um, yeah. Or two legs ago, if you're counting this as two legs this evening. And they had four coin options. I don't know that anybody paid attention to what the coin looked like because it was just get me out of here. I, I I am surprised at that. And I also think that that's just like I'm a visual learner. Same. And so I... I, I categorize things in my mind with like like so I remember a lot of things so I like this would have been an, an amazing challenge for me also I am surprised that more people didn't really like pay attention to the coin like because I would have yeah, but only that, one like, team member saw it so like the other team member wouldn't have even seen it but I so that's why it's so surprising that Raquel didn't remember it because like yeah. you were the first one to get I don't know just for me like I would have been like ah this is what it looks like but I mean I don't know but I, I also for me oh sorry yeah no go ahead mm, 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 mm. no I was just gonna say 
also what I loved about this challenge was my girl Kim when she turned to that camera and said I've been taking tedious mm-hmm. notes the whole mm-hmm. time and I remember on this exact podcast I believe it was who was the guy uh, when they were the place where Arun and Natalia when they was running around instead of going up the mountain and that the, the our our Socrates, oh, Socrates. Know, the Socrates, yeah, 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 and mm-hmm. you know what he was giving, like you know, and it is the damned to do if you don't, and you <laughs> don't. If I remember, like saying, like, why the hell is Kim taking notes on what he is saying? So I just want to say, like, I can contest to like throughout this season seeing Kim take notes. But not only did she say she was taking notes, the girl said she was drawing photos. Oh yeah, oh yeah, same here. Same here. I have my little book here. I know exactly where it is. I drew every flag. I took notes on every type of money that was used, every greeter that we met, every, every, everything. Because if you are a fan of the race, you know there will be, with rare exception, a memory challenge at the end, but you don't know what it's going to be. And I was damned if I was not going to let that be the moment where we shined because I wasn't taking notes. Like, we notes are what you need to do because you're going to need to remember everything so good on you Kim because you've been paying attention and you took notes and and, and it paid off so she I'm calling it pulled a brook and took copious notes although <laughs> I'm sure for the 28 seasons before me there are people taking detailed notes so we should call it I don't know whoever did it first we call it pulling it a brook okay oh, this, right. this is the brook cam high show okay <laughs> It is not, but I appreciate you. So it seemed that of those 12 riddles, there were really only three or so that people had a problem with. The coin, the candy that came out of the pinatas, and the jeeps that brought you up the hill um, a few legs earlier when they were with the donkey or making the cheese um, in that in that detour. So meanwhile, at this time, Ryan and Dusty are still doing the Foley art, which which they pick up some time, but it's not enough because Kim and Penn come from behind mm. and get it right before Raquel and Kayla do. Mm. And they run, they're told to run through mm. the tunnel where some of the teams, I wish all of the teams had been there, but the teams from legs four forward are there cheering them on. And after seven countries and 17 cities, and they don't say how many miles, I guess it's because it wasn't a time this season. Kim and Penn, well, just because they stayed in Europe. So Kim and Penn are the official winners of season 33 of The Amazing Race. And I am thrilled by this. Me too. Now, mind you, I don't know why, but when it was running through, I don't know why I started crying. I like, I got emotional for them because I was really excited for them. I thought that they were uh, a deserving team and you know when Kim got up there and say you know she hopes her children sees this and know that it's okay to stay out of your like to step out of your comfort zone and when you do sometimes good things can happen I don't know why that just got me so emotional like I was because just like, it's a deep thing to say I loved it I was crying I always cry at the end though because that's just me I'm an emotional person but I liked that I liked that she was talking they, they were very open about anxiety ADHD mm-hmm. um, feeling uncomfortable and being okay to be uncomfortable and sometimes you can thrive in discomfort like I like their message I like the way they're related with each other I like their support afterward Penn tells Kim that she's the hero of the race like they are just a very cute supportive couple and I hope someday to get to do a winner's race and that they're there and that we're there. Yeah. Because I would, I'd be friends with them. Yes. Okay. And hope, 
what we not going to pass by is I was so excited to see my girl Sherry. I know. I was like, yeah, Sherry. Okay. Okay, that's it. I will say that I think it's very funny that at the very beginning of this episode, Kim and Penn are talking about wanting to be one of like the teams at the finish line and not one of the teams that are like, you know, just clapping. They want to be a team that's actually running the end, which I always think is very, I think the way they said it was funny. If somebody else had said it, it probably would have sounded obnoxious. But I just find them very endearing and very lovable. And so Raquel and Kayla, after finishing, they crossed the finish line about ten minutes later. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't close. two minutes, but it wasn't it wasn't an hour. And so it was about ten minutes until they got their game set match run through the tunnel. And then Ryan and Dusty, who had made up a significant amount of time from that about hour of being behind, finished about thirty minutes behind. Raquel and Kayla. Well, that's not bad, Doug. Let, no. me, let me not hate. That's not bad if y'all were like out an hour out. Uh, I will say that, like, I was, although I'm a fan of Ryan's and Dusty, um, <laughs> I was not sad that they did not win. Like, I just felt like, you know, I kind of sort of saw the writing on the wall a little bit. But I will say that my most biggest change of heart was for Raquel and Kayla. Like, I did feel bad for them. I'm like, you know what, as hard as I was on them and as hard as I was on them because I felt like they was cheating. But listen, it's not cheating if it's within the realm of the game. And they used, like, what they had and they got this far and, like, when, like, it was almost theirs. I was like, you know what? They are deserving of it. So when it was snatched up out of their hands by Kim and Penn, I think it was what got me was when they were filling it out and the realization. uh, Well, first of all, you know, Amazing Race loves to foreshadow. And so when they're like, figuring out the tennis things and I think it was Kayla that was like if this is what makes us lose the race and then when they saw that Kim and Penn got it and like we see them looking at them run to the thing like oh my heart sank only because I felt like I sympathized with them because I feel like a lot of part of my like I feel like a great majority a part of my life is Raquel and Kayla in that moment like trying to do something trying to be and it's like you look at someone else going and doing it first and like getting the accomplishment like you know so for me I I just like in that moment I was like oh my life story but I was proud to I know I I know that kind of sort of took a life turn like a dark turn but not a dark turn but I'm just being honest like I, I just feel like a lot in my life like you know um there are things that like you know grateful that things have happened and like you know but I always feel like I'm always that like I'm always playing catch up I'm always second place I'm always like you know but I was happy to see them run through with their heads up high and like to know that they paid an amazing raise and that they they, yeah. they killed it even if they had spicy Bryce yelling at them half the time um <laughs> You know, maybe I'm yelling because I see more of myself in them than I like to admit. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't know. But I did have uh, an emotional reaction to them. And like my cheering for them definitely turned on this, like the last episode. So kudos to them. I actually will say that, first of all, you shouldn't think that way. I mean, you can think however you want. You should think however you want. But honestly, I, I think you're fantastic. And everyone that I know who knows you thinks the same way. So I wish you were, you know not feeling that you saw so much of yourself in the snap victory snatched away. But I will say that as hard as I was mostly on Raquel, less so on Kayla, I 
I did feel for them. They got there first. They were so close to be so close to the end and be able to see the people who were, you know, taking it from you. It's not, it wasn't yours, but you know what I mean. And to be like, oh, this is the moment we lost and to just know that it's over for you. Has, mm. it, that's got to be like, just your stomach's got to sink. That's, that's. Yeah. That's hard. And I did feel for them. And honestly, had they won and run through the gates first or the smoke first and won, I would have been completely happy because they did run an almost flawless finale. And it all came down to something that one team member didn't even see and a coin that you saw so quickly and, and gave to the Oracle and... It was just that's that's a hard way to go out because it's like it's not something. I mean, you could have controlled it, but it, it's not something that's so glaring that you're like, oh, we should have done this or that. Like that's right. I, yeah, I felt for them. I did feel for them, and hopefully someday they'll get to run again. Yes, I'd I'd like to see it. Yeah, I would like to see it too. I don't find I, I find them. Much more endearing, I think, than I did at the beginning. And I find that had they won, I would have been very, very pleased because, A, there's not enough all-female teams that have won The Amazing Race. And, I, I, you know, who am I to say being positive is not great? I think I like their positivity, and I should be more like that sometimes. So, shout-out to them. You did a great job. I hope you get to run the race again. I look forward to meeting you. And good on you. Yes. And, you know... Uh, it was a fun season. I definitely think I was. I got into this season a lot earlier than I got into the last season. So Good. shout out to you, Brooke. It's always fun talking to you. I look forward to our, you know, weekly chats. So it Yay. is sad that we are coming to an end. But at least I get to see you tomorrow. Oh, so. yeah. I'm so excited. That's going to be so fun. And I will say season 34 from the Amazing Race is officially casting. So oh. we will, as long as you want me to, get to do this again at some yes. at some point in the future. We'll get to talk about who wins the next one. Yes, and I am excited for the next season. So it has been so much fun of this coverage of Amazing Race, season 33. Shout out to my girl, Brooke Kamhai, the winner of season 29. And listen, we will see y'all very, very soon. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Brooke. Thank you for having me. This has been a highlight of my week. I love talking to you, and I love talking Amazing Race, and you are just sunshine in a human form so thanks again and thanks for having me and bye bye well not bye (laughs) farewell until next time see you soon yes yes And we are back with your March Purple Pants Premonitions. And you know it's not a Purple Pants Premonition unless we have the gangster to our gurry. So welcome back to the podcast, Gangster Gurry. Hello. Hi. Sorry, I had to mute mine because I forgot that I had my little Alexa was going off over here. And I was like, I don't need this on the recording. 
<laughs> Alexa was trying to give a word. Okay, she was. She was like, girl, you got to RSVP. You got to be out here in these streets. But hello, hallelujah. Welcome to the month of March. How are you doing over there, uh, Spicy Bricey? Yes, I am great. I'm excited for March. Daylight Savings is coming soon. And mm-hmm. like I had said before, I'm treating Daylight Savings like in summer. So I am ready for this abundance season. You know, we trying to maximize and capitalize moving forward. So I'm excited. I'm rejuvenated. I'm I'm ready to see what the cards got. Well, and how are you doing? Oh, listen, you know, as I like to say, as they like to say in the church, I'm blessed and highly favored, child. Okay. Listen, Amen. Amen. Listen, I like to say it was a fruitful February. Okay. The girls was out here doing things, you know, had uh, some articles pop out with your girl's name oh. in it. And so she's international. Oh. She's international, oh. sis. Okay. Um, get into that. And then I just had something else released today, um, which I was talking to you about before we hopped on the show. Uh, I was just in Teen Vogue. So I'm really excited to share that with you guys as well so listen things are happening i'm feeling good i'm feeling frisky i'm feeling fabulous and i'm excited for march as well because march feels like a a month of getting things done but also not overdoing it right (laughs) like we love to have desires we love to have like our dreams in tow but sometimes we do the most and i feel like february was a month of doing the most and march is like sit your ass down (laughs) you can do a little bit but you ain't got to do a lot (laughs) (laughs) so i'm looking forward to having a month of march which is going to be fruitful which is going to be marvelous where we are marching towards our dreams, but also knowing that we don't have to do the utmost in order to see our blessings and our benefits come to fruition. You dig? How are you feeling? You said you're feeling good about this month of March. Is there something big that you're looking forward to happening? I know that you got an event coming up soon. Yes, events. Uh, but ooh, yes. Uh, ooh, <laughs> okay. Ooh, okay, excuse me. Okay, come on, events. Get into the Okay. okay. Yeah, no, I'm just um I'm just really looking forward to, I'm just in a great space mentally. I'm in a great space, you know, trying to get in a great space financially. Um mm-hmm. and I am realizing that your words have power. And so, you know, just speaking life um into myself, being kinder mm-hmm. to myself, um, and trying to be kind to others. So I'm just excited moving forward with this whole crazy mess we got going on in the world. I think oh, that, yes. you know, it, it it just pays to be nice. It pays mm-hmm. to be considerate. It pays to have compassion. So I'm just my spirit is full. Amen. Listen, and you're right about that. And, you know, prayers go out to those that are being affected by all of what is happening abroad um, and those that are being affected by what's happening stateside. Because, you know, we all got family in different places. And my prayers go to those people that have been um, uprooted from their homes and having to figure out where to find stable ground. Because, listen, it's hard. It's hard out here. Um, And all we can do, I think I've seen this so many times, like you never know. Um, what the person next to you is going through and they can be super close to breaking down. So please, you know, uh, give them a little bit of kindness, but also being mindful of like, don't let your kindness, don't let other people take your kindness for weakness either. Okay. okay. And that's a, that's a theme in this month of March, allowing ourselves to be kind, but not allowing ourselves to be stepped over or stepped on for the sake of trying to be nice to others. Okay. So I want to go ahead and get into this reading because listen, the spirits, girl, 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 they wanted to drop like nine cards and it's been a really long time since I've had these many cards just like flop out. And at first I was going to do a couple less and then it was like, 
girl, don't play. This is all supposed to be said. And I was like, okay. And I know I got a cute little segment, so I want to make sure I get through everything. If you are here for the first time, hey, my name is Gary DeAndre, Gangsta Guri, as some of the streets know me. Um, I'm an intuitive reader, healer, uh, empath, highly sensitive person, educator. I do it all. I'm like your spiritual best friend child, and I'm here to give you a little reading um, energetically for what you can expect for the month of March. Now, this one is going to be a little different um, because normally I have like three cards. We have nine cards. So I want to tell this to you in the sense of a story. I want to tell this to you in the sense of a journey where we will be at the very beginning of March, what themes we can see showing up, what will be happening as we get to the middle of the month, and then as we get through daylight saving, through the spring equinox, which takes place on March 20th, into Aries season at the end of the month. So I want you guys to think about this in different chapters of what March is going to look like for you. Bryce, are you ready over there? We ready. Okay, we ready. (laughs) We ready. (laughs) We ready. y'all okay let's go ahead and give it to y'all all right friends family loved ones our month of march is giving opportunities for us to take a step back there's going to be some obstacles and challenges but it's important for you to know that as long as you stay tapped into what it means for you to feel safe in your body what it means for you to feel safe with people around you and what it means for you to be tapped into the essence of joy the essence of excitement the essence of peace and also what does it mean for you to be mothered throughout the month of march mother march is here to tell you it's okay to be soft it's okay to be loved on it's okay to receive healing from other people outside of you okay so i want to start with the tarot the tarot starts off with the six uh it's the six of um emotion which is memories of love so our first card is memories of love i want you to think about things that you have been tapped into as far as feeling safe and secure in connection with people around you who makes you feel safe what makes you feel safe not sure i know that for me personally this month has been really important when it comes to lighting candles around my house i like candles all the time but scented candles have really been having the best month ever so far Mm. i don't know if you've got any uh scents that feel like they remind you of a time where you were happier or you know certain people in your life that brought a sense of joy i don't know why but the essence of sandalwood lavender um teakwood mahogany teakwood it smells like a beautiful ass man okay those are the scents that come up into my into my oral uh oryx sphere but i want you to think about for you what are some memories of love that can help you to just stay grounded in knowing that you are loved and cared about. It's a cold world out here. It's a lot of stuff going on. And it's really important for us to remember that with those memories of love and staying tapped into why we are loved, why we are loved, will help you to stay strong in your spiritual strength. The spiritual strength card comes up and it comes up in reverse. And this is coming up right now because we are being asked to step into a new chapter of our spiritual journey what we were doing before you know what i'm saying what we were doing over this past year that helped us to feel really connected to our spirit really helped us to feel connected to our soul and we feel like we were leaving that by the wayside we have to get back in order and the only way that that's going to happen is if you sit in solitude some of us have been in the streets a lot lately we've been doing a lot at the very beginning of this month of or at this beginning of the year of 2022 The solitude card is coming up and it's telling you, sit down, girl, sit down, sir. Take a moment. Sit with yourself. Read. When's the last time you read a book? 
When's the last time you read something you had some interest in? When's the last time that you studied something that feels like it could fill your spirit? And this could also be connected to certain spiritual themes that you have been interested in learning a little bit more about. Um, this could be you learning a little bit more about Reiki comes up, a little bit more about the Akashic Records. I know I mentioned that, and uh, some people may not know what the Akashic Records are. They said, we're going to give a little insert right here. I think about the Akashic Records as the files of your life, okay? If you look up a book um, by Linda Howe, How to Read the Akashic Records, it'll give you a little bit more information, but it's basically tapping into your uh, your masters, your teachers, and your loved ones who have been in your life in order to help you figure out how to navigate this journey of life. Maybe that's something that sounds interesting to you. If it rings a bell or feels like it's bringing up something in your spirit, check it out. When you give yourself some time to sit, when you give yourself some time to study, when you give yourself some time to reflect, that is when the prosperity will begin. However, if you do not listen to this advice or if you know you, I'm trying to do too much, whatever, whatever, then you're going to start noticing that more money is going out of the door. Some of us are trying to save money. I know that Bryce, you were just talking about working on saving your finances. But if you're out in the streets, Mm. that means money is going to other people and Mm. it's not able to, it's going in circulation. And sometimes that's a really nice way to get your money to come back to you. But the prosperity can't begin if you're spending your time paying, you know, uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul. You got to give yourself some time to allow the prosperity to grow. Plant the seeds that help the money to come in. Just because it's shiny does not mean that you have to put your time and your energy into it. And that also means with new relationships, with new partnerships that you're stepping into. And then if you start recognizing that you are sitting in the house a little bit more instead of being out and doing everything that people are trying to t- you know tell you to do, the obstacles and challenges card comes up in reverse. You're going to start to avoid some of the stressors that may be appearing in your life. There are going to be obstacles and challenges all around us. That's just life. But remember, challenges, uh, they build spiritual strength. They build mental strength. They build physical strength. What are some of the difficult times that you may be experiencing as we get to the middle of the month of March? Um, and could this be avoided by you just taking a step back and sitting with yourself? Um, this may be a time to call on you know, your higher self, your higher power. This may be a time to call on people who you have felt are guideposts for you in this journey of life and know that you don't have to go on this journey by yourself. I want you to think about what it means for you to soar in the month of March. As we are getting out of... Uh, Pisces season, we will be stepping into what is called the astrological new year. So for people that are unfamiliar with uh, the astrology wheel or um, a little bit about astrology, because I know astrology and I will tell you that the astrological new year begins when we start Aries season. So this should be around March 20th to March 21st, which is when the spring equinox happens. From my understanding, spring equinox is the longest day of the year where the sun is out. You feel what I'm saying? So it's just like if you think about it, you know, you have an opportunity to really start over brand new and take all the lessons that you've learned over the past astrological new year when Aries season started in 2021. Take the things that benefit you. Leave the rest behind. It's time for a fresh start. And as you are stepping into Aries season, then you will start to recognize the pitfalls that you can avoid as you go throughout the month of March. Is this feeling accurate for you so far, Bryce? Because I got a little bit more, but I wanted to check in with you how you feeling about that so far i'm i'm ready for the longest day of the year i'm ready to leave behind what don't serve me and take the tools that i have learned and continue to soar okay amen and ashe to that Mr. Mamas, all right? So as we get into Aries season, it's going to be around March 21st, the Deception and Envy card comes up. So the girls are going to be looking at you like, hey, 
how'd you get so how are you so what you been you look and they're gonna be looking at you with that cute little side eye like oh she thinks she too good for us she thinks she's so and it's just like no mama I'm grounded I'm rooted I'm eating my greens I'm taking care of my body I'm listening to what is best for me I'm not getting caught up out in these streets and the more that you allow yourself to tap into the base chakra this is your root chakra it is located at the base of your spine I want you to imagine the color red the color red is going to be a very powerful color. If you think about an Aries season, when you think about the sign of Aries, I think about that fire. I'm your fire, your desire. I want you to wear red. Bring some red flowers into your home. Um, think about uh, things that uh, you categorize with the color red. I think about passion, okay? Sometimes I think about anger, so watch your attitude, okay? Because your attitude is not, she may be giving a little spicy, okay? You may need to check yourself before you wreck yourself, because then you'll really give the girls something to talk about, and we don't want to give them nothing to talk about that's not deserving of being talked about, you dig? But we also may feel that as we are stepping into the end of the month of March, the way we may be feeling like we have to suffer in silence. If you are going through something, if you are stressed out, you are not made to deal with this alone. Okay? You are not Okay. I'm here. Right, I was gonna say, what's the lyrics? I'm gonna say, and I'll be here with you because I was like, that's not right. But I know it's Michael Jackson. Okay. Okay. Listen, you do not have to suffer in silence. You do not have to do this life journey alone. There are people around you that want to help. But you'll be in a space where you'll be able to get out of your mind and get into your heart. That's where these memories of love and the people that love you are going to come in handy. And you also have to remember that sometimes sacrifice begets success. Okay, we struggle sometimes with letting go of things that we know are not beneficial for us. But we have to know that in order for us to step into this new journey of our lives, into this new iteration of where we are supposed to be, the theme of sacrifice, we got to let go in order to grow. Okay, got to let go in order to grow. Come on, somebody got to coin that term. Um, But I want you guys to bear in mind that the month of March is really just about us stepping into our own true divine power. And knowing that, you know, you can't bring in new blessings, new abundance, new relationships, new partnerships, new jobs. If you're still holding on to things that do not serve you, what do you have to let go of in your house? Do you need to clean up? Do you need to do some spring cleaning? Um, Do you need to do some spring cleaning of your friends list on Instagram? Do you need to do some spring cleaning of your Twitter friends list? Do you need to, you know, release somebody from the TikTok, as I like to say? Or your real life. Or your real life. Get into that. You may need to let them go because, baby, they are not letting you grow. Okay? So that's going to be the advice from the tarot. Um, The advice that comes from the oracle, we're using the African Goddess Rising Oracle deck. Shout out to Abiola Abrams, um, her Mawu Mystery School. I just had the opportunity to speak as a guest speaker yesterday. You can check out Abiola Abrams on um, Instagram. Um, She also has a website, Womanifesting, if you're interested in that. Lovely woman. Um, The two cards that come out here are the Feeling Safe card, represented in Tichiba, and the Asaseya, which is represented in Joy. The numbers are 4 and 16. So I want you to think about where you are on March 4th? What are you doing on March 16th as well? These are going to be your power days of the month. Tichiba is represented in feeling safe. It says it's finally safe to be you. 
You have mm. wandered through a dark night. Your trip has been long. There is light ahead. Your liberation is apparent. So what's this calling for? Freedom! Freedom! <laughs> this is time for you to feel safe within your body. You deserve to feel secure. Feeling safe is knowing that your basic needs are met. Are your basic needs met? You know, we always want more, but do we have what we need? Do we have what we truly need right now? And feeling safe is feeling at home in your body as well. So we're not doing, you know, I suffer from body dysmorphia. This morning I woke up and I was like, oh girl, you looking kind of cute today. You, you looking thick and juicy like Roxy Andrews. You looking real good. And just pouring that into my life and pouring that into myself. I'm about to go get my hair cut. About to get my hair snatched. And you know, as a black man, I know Bryce, you know about this. When Let's you get a haircut, you feel it's, like the ba- the baddest. Listen, I say a haircut for black men is like it's our Botox. Okay, listen, plump me up, please. Yes, because I'd be like, why my skin glowing more? Why, why, like you know, I, literally, I, I really feel like a haircut is like getting fillers for black men because it's like after you leave, you be like, ooh, ooh, okay, ooh, ooh, kill him, ooh, kill him. That's what I be giving. So I'm getting my hair cut today. I got my nails done yesterday. I'm giving this mint jubilee color. You know what I'm oh. saying? Feeling fresh and frisky for spring. Um, but I want you guys to remember that feeling safe is trusting your journey. And the theme of the month of um, March is all about feeling safe in where you are, feeling secure in what you have. Feeling safe is feeling free around those you love. Feeling safe is trusting that the sun will rise again. If you grew up emotionally, spiritually, or physically unsafe, reset your default expectations to a higher vibration and a healthier vibration. So this is all about you letting go of the past and knowing that where you are today, you don't have to take those uh, thought patterns that were poured into you when you were five, when you were 17, when you were 21. You don't have to hold on to those things anymore. You're not that person anymore. So reset yourself to the vibration that you are stepping into today. Um, And March 4th is going to be a really great day for you to remember. I am safe. It is safe to be safe. Okay? And then we have Asaseya. Asaseya is number 16. And this is the theme of joy. Your happiness matters. Joy is sacred. Your laughter waters the earth. Let me ask you a question, Bryce. Do you think that you deserve to be happy? Mm. My heart says I do. Mm-hmm. But I think at times my mind struggles with believing what my heart says mm. is true. Okay. Oh, I understand that deep within my heart. Okay. And it's like sometimes we have to get into our heart and get out of our head and really just like allow the energy of our heart to come up to our head and be like, listen, like I hear you heart. I hear you beating. You still got me on this earth. So obviously happiness, joy, abundance is my birthright. And the joy card is reminding us it's safe for you to feel good. Okay, it's safe for us to feel good. It's safe for us to feel happy. Allow yourself to feel joy with no 
limits. This is what self-love is. Your happiness doesn't need to look like anyone else's. If you can't imagine it, you won't be able to live it. So in the text, it suggests a giggle therapy break. Close your eyes and see yourself joy filled. So I want you at some point as you listen to this, close your eyes, Mm. see yourself filled with joy and then laugh with your mouth and your eyes wide open and try to release feel good endorphins through your body. So listen, I love listening to a little music, you know what I'm saying? Listen to a little song yes. and I'll have a little moment of laughter and joy and let that fill my body and my spirit and maybe that's something you can do when you listen to this. Or you can wait till the 16th and you can just have a little laughter filled, joy filled day and make it your joy day whenever you listen to this, okay? But the declaration here, I feel like me when I'm happy. Oh my gosh, that makes me think of uh, Leona Lewis. I just want to be happy. So how do you feel joy? How do you feel safe within your body in the month of March? How do you allow yourself to avoid any pitfalls that have you feeling like you are unworthy? Because listen, you heard it. If you haven't heard it today, you're hearing it here first. You are inherently worthy of joy and happiness and peace, your spiritual strength. So go ahead, snap in because you're deserving of it. That's my reading for the month of March. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. Receive it. Listen to it. If you need to rewind this podcast okay. and get into it, because listen, a lot of things have been dropped. And I know me personally, I will be listening to this a multitude of times. Again, we cannot thank you enough, Gangster Gurry, for always taking the time out to pour into the posse. It is much appreciated. But before you go, let the people know where they can find you, follow you at, and drop them publications again for the people in the back that did not hear it. Okay, listen, you know I'm, uh, listen, and that's funny that you said it because I'm like, I'm going to talk my ish, okay? I'm going a, I'm to a let y'all know what's good, but you can find me on Instagram, Gangsta Gurry, Gangsta with an A, because we don't do that ER Buster ish over here. I do like the tweet here and there on Miss Twitters, um, so you can find me at Gangsta Gurry on there, um, and what I do is I have a Patreon, patreon.com backslash Gangsta Gurry, where I like to share all of my you know, my information, you know what I'm saying? What's on my heart? Give a little reading here and there for my subscribers. Um, and you can find me if you look up the two, because we just went through that 222-22 portal. Y'all heard about that numerological mm. day. I was just in the Toronto Star. Um, so if you Google 222-22, Gary DeAndre, you'll find me. Or if you look up the article that was on Teen Vogue, um, it was entitled, hold on, I want to make sure that I tell y'all right, how music can help you manifest your dream. So check that out. Got to shout out the person that connected me for that. Lisa Stardust, shout out to her as well. Um, but listen, I look forward to coming back in April and telling you all the tea for how we are going to ascend in Miss April. Okay? And this has been your March Purple Pants Premonitions. Bob's got a message. Bob's got a message. Bob's got a message with you regarding pressure. 
It is time to take the pressure off of yourself, my beautiful friend. It is time to let go of the pressure from others to perform, to fit into a mold, to be a certain way. It is time to let go of the pressures to grow faster. Take your time. Take off the pressure. There is a balance in setting goals and working towards growth. And the balance should not feel like a clock ticking quickly towards zero. It should not feel like an impossible deadline that you have to bend and break yourself in order to get there. Growth should not feel rushed or forced. Growth happens naturally. Everything in our world grows in its own time. It is the nature of life. So when your growth feels forced, when it feels rushed, when it feels like the pressure of the world is coming down on you, take that pressure off of yourself. Set it down. Let it go. Toss it away. Let yourself grow without the clock. Let yourself grow in all of the ways that you are meant to grow in the time that you are meant to take. Love you. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week. And I had so much fun bringing you in February a Black History Month that was not always highlighted. And, you know, something for y'all to do your research. And I figured, well, listen, with March being Women's Month and this podcast dropping on March 8th, International Women's Day, I said, you know what? Let me show some love to my beautiful, amazing women. Now, some of y'all might be like, Well, why is March Women's Month? It's no secret that the future is female and the month of March is marked as Women's History Month all across the globe, where International Women's Day commemorates the cultural, political and socioeconomic achievements of women. The day marks a call to a gender equal world free of bias, stereotypes and discrimination and one that is diverse, equitable and inclusive while differences are valued and celebrated. And this week, I would like to celebrate Javita Eider was an American journalist, teacher, political activist and civil rights worker who championed the cause of Mexican-Americans and Mexican immigrants against the backdrop of the Mexican Revolution, which lasted a decade from 1910 through 1920. She worked for a series of newspapers using her writing to work towards making a meaningful and effective change. She began her career in journalism, La Cronica, 
her father's newspaper in her hometown of Texas. While working as a journalist, she became the president of a newly established League of Mexican Women. In October 1911, an organization was focused on offering free education to Mexican children. Javita was also active in the Primer Congreso Mexicanista, an organization that brought Mexican Americans together to discuss issues such as their lack of access to adequate education and economic resources. And if you would like to learn more information about our good sister Jovita, take some time this week, Google and learn. And as we celebrate all month, the amazing accomplishments that women have done to the society and to the world. If Javita is our freak of the week, that means we are coming to a close of another amazing episode. Thank you so much for always listening to your baby boy, supporting me. I truly appreciate it. If you have not already, please make sure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. We are there. Hit subscribe, write a review, give your baby boy some five stars. And don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend that it's the growth for me. Because it's a, it's a, it's a. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants.